Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon. A bonus edition of the Clubhouse this week. I interviewed the LPGA Commissioner Mike Wan earlier this week. That one's already up. This bonus edition of the Clubhouse featuring Joe Buck is brought to you by OGO. Golf bags are your key to everything. They hold your golf clubs, your balls, your koozies, your ball markers, your wallet, your keys, your wedding ring, and much, much more. Why settle for a golf bag that isn't professionally engineered? OGO makes lightweight cart and carry bags that are what golfers need. Check out the Ozone cart bag with six pockets, an insulated cooler pocket, individual slots for your golf clubs so you'll never get confused about where that nine iron is. OGO.com. Check out their entire selection of bags right now. Joe Buck, of course, his book, Lucky Bastard, doing great, a New York Times bestseller. You can follow him on Twitter, at Buck, doing his fifth Super Bowl this Sunday on Fox. Took some time to chat with us here at the clubhouse midweek as he's prepping for the 51st playing of this Super Bowl that will be on Fox this Sunday. I will be in Florida this week. I'm going to be doing my first PGA Tour live event of the year. The Waste Management Open, of course, we get Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler and John Rahm, Phil Mickelson. If you don't subscribe to PGA Tour Live, it's only $40 for the year, and you get access and ability to watch early round coverage of your favorite players. It really is a great value, $40. That's that's less than a dozen golf balls if you buy them at a shop. So sign up and listen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you get ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday. That will be called by Joe Buck, who is next here on the clubhouse. And I welcome back into the clubhouse a man that is fairly busy this week, I'd say. Joe Buck, author of Lucky Bastard. You can follow him on Twitter, at Buck, doing his fifth Super Bowl this Sunday, Patriots and the Falcons on Fox. And is it fair for me to say it's not a calendar year, but is this the year of Joe Buck? I mean, you get to do a Cubs World Series at Wrigley. You get this Super Bowl to do with the Pats going for the fifth Super Bowl since O2, your beard has been a huge hit. You have a New York Times bestseller. Is this your year? <laughs> well, I think the beard starts the list. Yeah, uh, that's that's really hard to accomplish uh, out of laziness. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy year. You know, when you consider Dustin winning the U.S. Open, and then that kind of folds into the All Star Game, and then you get to the postseason and you get lucky enough to get the Cubs and the Indians into the World Series. And then you get seven games, which is a gift. And you get 10 innings in game seven. The book comes out two weeks later. And now here's the Super Bowl. It's been, it's been fun. It's been, uh, I guess, tiring, if I'm going to be honest about it. But I'm not complaining. This, is, uh, this has probably been the most fun year of my career to this point. And I'm nervous that the run won't bleed into Aaron Hills. I'm really hoping that that you can bring like Phil versus Rory or Jordan versus Hell Tiger. I mean, you know, I feel like we've got to keep this run going. And I wanted to ask, you know, you're so busy. You've done baseball. You did the World Series. You got all these football games to do, and you got the Super Bowl. Are you paying any attention to golf right now? Do you do you toss it on when you get a minute? Well, I follow Pat Perez on Instagram, so. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that that's all you keeps need. Me up to date. I, I I see how long his nasty mullet is, and uh, and his William Murray golf clothes, and his weirdness on Instagram. I'm lucky enough to call him a friend. Yeah, I, I do. I I have to. There's no way that I can just pick up, even once the calendar turns. I guess my personal calendar. 
after the Super Bowl and just say, oh, here we are. Now, I know it's a wraparound season. I know everything kind of gets regenerated come January and they're in Hawaii and then they're moving through. But I, I have to read, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're on the same emails I'm on these recaps of every weekend, not just on the PGA tour, uh, but you know, as the season goes on, you're talking about the LPGA tour, uh, the old folks and what they're doing. I, I have to figure out a way to stay up to date. And, and if I have one nightmare that recurs, it's, it's that, that I'm behind on everything. I don't know who's who, I don't know who's hot. I don't know who's playing. And I just can't let myself get into that lazy mode. Well, I, when the Super Bowl ends Sunday evening, I mean, do you cut off from football for a month? Or, I mean, or, or do you take a, a break from the sport that you finish up knowing that you spent hours and hours preparing and broadcasting and doing this basically since, what, early September, late August? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, there's not much that's going to go on right after the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, all these sports now seem to be year-round ventures. Um, so it it does make that part of it a little bit more difficult, but, you know, with regard to the golf, I'm, I'm a golf fan. So I'm much more of a golf fan than I am, let's say an NBA fan. So, or even a college basketball fan, which used to rule my life. Uh, I'm, I'm a fringe fan and somebody who will watch the tournament, but beyond that, I'm, I'm not keeping up to date on the week to week. So thankfully I'm a golf fan. And, uh, and the football side of it, you can turn off the faucet once the Super Bowl is over. My wife and I go to Europe. Uh, that's usually book reading time. Uh, and then that's something that, that I use also to, to keep up and, and catch up on golf. So uh, that, that's where I got the bulk of my work done last year prior to uh, Oakmont. And uh, it's, it's been kind of a, a good thing. It was last year. I'm going to do it again. Where are you going in Europe? I mean, I mean, you don't have to give us the specifics, but do you have plans already? Well, we're going to Paris has kind of been our place after Super Bowl's over. And my daughter, my 20, almost 21 year old is studying abroad. And so she's in Barcelona and she's going to come up to Paris. So I haven't seen her since the beginning of January. Not that it's been months and months, but she's over there until April. So I just want to make sure she's uh, good, healthy, happy. And uh, that that is kind of the carrot at the end of the Super Bowl that I know after that's over, I'm on my way to see my girl. Well, you tweeted yesterday, you were on Howard Stern yesterday, you said it was a bucket list item. You know, you've been on Fallon promoting this book, you've been on Conan, now Stern, and of course, the clubhouse. Do you have other bucket list items, uh, things in your career that you want to check off? I mean, you've done... Uh, so much in you know since what the early 90s are there things in your career that you still want to check off that you haven't done yet no um you know yesterday as as we talk here um when i got a chance to do stern it was you know kind of one of those things that was far off and something i never thought I would accomplish not, I guess it's not accomplished, but I, I, I never thought I'd be invited to do because Howard is a self admitted non-sports fan. And so even with the book, even with the Super Bowl coming up this week, it's uh, it was a hard sell to get him to say yes. And, and I'm glad that it went really well. And he popped up after it was over and was really complimentary and happy that he did it. 
that was uh, that was as nerve wracking to me, Shane, as doing the Super Bowl. As dumb as that sounds, uh, <laughs> because I'm not in control, and I'm not saying I'm in control of the game, but I'm in control of where I take the broadcast. I'm in control of of what we're covering to to some degree. And when it was stern, knowing what I know, because I'm a fan, I was a little nervous in as to what direction he would take. And he was great. I mean, he could not have been nicer. But bucket list stuff with my career, I'm happy if tonight somebody knocks on my door here at the hotel in Houston and goes, you know what, we're going to get somebody else to do the Super Bowl. And it's been a great run. And good luck to you. You're fired. I've been the luckiest person in this business to be my dad's son, to come along at the right time when Fox popped up out of nowhere. And and so I don't make a list out of, or in my mind think, God, I wish I was doing, you know, whatever, the Kentucky Derby, the Final Four, or NBA Finals or whatever. I, I never thought the U.S. Open would come along. And Fox got that kind of behind the scenes. And then here I am calling a U.S. Open with you. And having a blast. And so, you know, you just don't know what's around the corner, good or bad. And I, I kind of take my career, uh, year by year at best, if not month by month, week by week. Well, and I have to assume a, a Wrigley field world series was on the list. It had to have been near the top. I mean, you've talked uh, at length at times about uh, how special that would be, how big of a moment that would be for you. I mean, that would have had to have been one of the last check marks on the list. I'm assuming. Yeah, you and I had that uh, that day or night at Wrigley when we went there at the end of our golf season two years ago. And that was on my mind then because you could see the Cubs were getting better and they were a legitimate contender. And then they got into the postseason, they lost to St. Louis and, and they weren't there, or they beat St. Louis rather, and then they lost to the Mets and, and that was that. And so you're, I was on the American League side not this past year, but the year before. And now here they are in the World Series, let alone the NLCS. I got a chance to do the Cubs in their first World Series since 1945 and winning for the first time since before World War One. And and so when people say, well, come on, you're from St. Louis, you're supposed to hate the Cubs. And, you know, I it, it's, it's bigger than that. It was historic. And to be a part of a historic moment in – the history of a country, and I really believe it is in some ways. Um, it, it was something that I don't think baseball-wise I'll ever top. I mean, I, I think what you're thinking along the lines of with regard to golf would kind of be there. Like if Tiger somehow found it and came back and had some incredible run during the U.S. Open and he's in contention, I mean – you can only dream about that stuff or Phil finally gets over the hump or, you know, yeah, Rory McIlroy, but you know, we've, we've seen it before with him in majors and in a U.S. open in particular. So it's the historic ones that kind of catch your attention. And that's why the Super Bowl is cool because you've got Tom Brady going for a record setting fifth. And these guys have been at it in this incredible run of dominance since 2001, which is remarkable in a salary cap free agency era. I, I think it's the greatest accomplishment any team can say, and, and it belongs to the Patriots. And here they are again against a really good Atlanta Falcons team. 
Yeah, I mean, their run started before I went to college. I mean, that is how long ago they've been in the playoff it's, question. It's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. And, and they, it really started in 01, at least Super Bowl-wise, the way it's, I think, going to continue almost identical here in 2016 season, 2017 Super Bowl, and that is Bill Belichick, extra time, his defense against a multi-layered, uh, multi-pronged attack like he had to try and figure out against a 14-point favorite St. Louis Rams team with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce and Oz Hakeem and Torrey Holt and a good tight end and you know just went on and on and on, and they could get you so many different ways. That's what Atlanta looks like to me. They've got a good tight end. They've got great receivers. They've got Julio Jones. They've got two good backs. They've got a good offensive line. To me, it, it kind of reminds me of that type game. And if we get the same, uh, I guess, event that they had, and that game was on Fox, uh, in this, this year's Super Bowl, it'll be incredible. That game was tied 17-17 with like 35 seconds left or whatever it was. And Brady, who nobody had really heard of, took him down and Vinatieri won the game. And, and that's what you hope for in these big events, just a competitive, good game. Is it a treat for you to get to call a Patriots game? Because, I mean, you call so many Cowboys games, so many Packers games, a lot of NFC. Is it a treat to call Brady? I mean, is this the most fun team to call as a host and as a broadcaster? Yeah, in, in some ways. I mean, I, I love covering Aaron Rodgers. I love covering, uh, obviously, now Dak Prescott. Eli Manning's been fun to cover over the years. But I, I do so few Patriots games. Um, I it's, it, it is different. I've done them twice. This will be the third time in the Super Bowl. And when you just hear yourself yelling into a microphone, Tom Brady, Brady to whoever you want to say, Edelman, it kind of, yeah, it, it sounds a little different that it's Brady. And I think we don't recognize the all-time greats when they're in our midst. But, man, if he's not top three or best ever, I, I could make a case for best ever, uh, then I don't know who is. So it, it is fun. It's cool. And it's something that uh, I don't take for granted. I heard you talking on Stern about prop bets that you're involved in. I know that stuff that yeah. is brought up to you a lot. I saw a few, I actually looked up, there was a, a, I think it was on USA Today or something over under two and a half dirty bird references during the broadcast. Do you remember the first time that you saw a prop bet about the broadcasting team? And, and were you shocked, surprised? I mean, I, I'm assuming they only come up really around the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's only a Super Bowl thing, and I don't get it. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand. <laughs> I, I could theoretically send in my friends and family, and I, I think, I don't think it's something, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe neither one of us know, that you can walk into a casino and put money down on what I'm going to say or not going to say it, that, but it, it's so warped because it could be so corrupt. I mean, nobody asked me, nobody said, Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, sign this waiver or this agreement <laughs> that you're not going to tell anybody what you say. And, and so it, it seems like it's, it's something you'd be a moron to bet on that stuff. 
unless you knew me right. and asked me, and I'm, I'm happy to tell you, I will not say dirty bird <laughs> one time. So Take I'm telling under. you on your podcast, the clubhouse, bet the under, because it's not coming out of my mouth. So I, it just, it defies logic to me, but it's funny. You know, am I going to be clean shaven on the game? Uh, what am I going to wear a polka dot tie? Am I going to reference Michael Vick? I mean, stuff that is just ridiculous, right. but I guess that's kind of the world we operate in now. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to say a huge four than six for Matty ice without this, the new yeah. England dynasty continues and you get two in everybody's high five and at the MGM. I do know that on the prop bets, I think you can only bet a certain amount in the casino. So I guess if you did tip off a buddy, he couldn't go bet, you know, 500,000 or a million. It might be like a $5,000 limit or, or whatever, but I, I do find well, them funny. Still, yeah. I mean, $5,000. Yeah. I mean, I, I should just send guys to every casino <laughs> and, you know, just w- buy an Island somewhere. But yeah. I, your your blue know. tie, your blue tie is a, is a heavy favorite on the ties. I just want to let you know, do you have your suit picked yeah. out by the way? I mean, is this something that you plan weeks in advance on what you're going to wear knowing this is, you know, hundreds of millions of people watching? No. I mean, I, I just, say which one is kind of in the rotation that I haven't worn in a while and I've got a white shirt my tie is red white and blue and kind of blended checks together and my suit is dark blue so there you go there's more information for you so much information of all the sports you broadcast which one do you find the toughest golf by by a factor of 50 Uh, only because First of all, it's not as familiar to me, and you know this from sitting in that seat as well as I do, that it's counterintuitive to do a, an event where you're not watching the action with your own eyes. And that's, you know, when I walk into the game on Sunday, I'm going to be sitting at the 50-yard line, midway up, best seat in the house, can't get any better. I do a baseball game, I'm behind home plate, midway up, can't get a better seat, I see everything. When we're doing golf the golf course is behind us. We're, we're facing away from the golf course and we watch nothing live. I don't, I can't speak for you, but at no point during the U S open, did I get up, leave the booth and go outside and watch any, any of the action. It's, it's all on TVs in front of us. So we could do it from our basement if we wanted to. And that's, that makes it tough because you're relying on other people to give you good information. And I I don't like that feeling. I'd rather trust my own eyes and know what I'm looking at as opposed to somebody, you know, in our case, it's Mark Loomis or Jesse West telling us in our ear, you know, we're going to go to the fifth hole now. And this is Mickelson for birdie. Well, you hope to God the next thing on your screen is the fifth hole <laughs> right. and that it's a left-handed guy and he's putting for birdie. And you're only as good as the information you're getting. And I, I don't like relying on other people for the bare bones stuff that you feel like you should know yourself. So that that's that makes it difficult for me. Well, there's 18 there's 18 fields, you know, that's what I always tell people. There's there's 18 fields in in a golf broadcast. And as you said, I mean, if you're looking at Lambo, you're looking at Lambo. I mean, there's no there's no guy kicking in the practice field down the street that you have to rely on or worry about. I mean, Tiger could be on four, or Phil's on eighteen, Rory's on one, or or they haven't even teed off yet. I mean, it is it is a very interesting thing. It's a, it's the it's the issue with being a spectator at a golf event. You know, you can go on a Sunday and see amazing action, but 
there might be a Johnny Miller out there shooting 63, and you have no idea, really, unless you're lucky enough to run by a scoreboard. So golf is a very interesting, as you said, it's a very interesting thing to broadcast. I, I did see some of your Instagram pictures from Lambeau. These guys were without their shirts, and it made me wonder a question for you because the, the, the booth you're broadcasting from is open. What's the coldest you've ever been during a broadcast? Easily at Lambeau, not this year, but back in 07 when they were calling it Ice Bowl 2. Um, yeah, I, I think people think you're just in a hermetically sealed booth. <laughs> and the reason why you can't be is because it sounds like you're in a phone booth and your voice bounces off the glass and comes back into the microphone. So you have to open up the windows. And that year in 07, that was the year it looked like Tom Coughlin's face was going to crack and fall off. And it was... <laughs> beyond cold i don't i don't know how they played football in it i don't know how they played the ice bowl experiencing that aikman and i walked down to the field before the game started normally we take i don't know half hour walking around if you see rogers out there you see you know and that year would have been brett Favre and eli manning you talk to him a little bit they'll give you some info about what they're thinking or and troy and i looked at each other after about five minutes at the most. And, uh, he's like, you good? I'm like, yep, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> and back up we went. And then you go up there and you're just freezing. Your fingers don't work right. And it's hard to talk when you're, when you're shivering. And then you look down and there's, you know, Plexigo Burris with no sleeves on and you just go, how in the world? But at least they're moving around. So I, you know, nobody, my dad taught me one thing when I, a million things, but one thing in particular, he said, when he was dropping me off at the minor leagues in Louisville, my first year, he said, remember one thing, nobody cares if the announcer's cold. Nobody cares if the announcer's too hot. Nobody cares about your golf game yesterday. Nobody cares what you had for lunch. Just call the game. And, and that was loud and clear in my mind when I was calling that, because you want to go, it is freezing up here in the booth, but Nobody cares. Just call the game. Well, you've done some of the biggest sporting events in the world, as I mentioned, five Super Bowls. I did hear you mention to Stern, if I sleep the night before. Uh, what's Is there a lot of, of different prep for this this game in particular for you? I mean, do you, do you prepare differently? Uh, it, I mean, there's two weeks to wait for it. I mean, is it almost is it almost a halt to make sure you don't over-prepare for it? Completely. In fact, I, I did that the first two I did. And by the time, with all the information that I write down and I have in front of me, I couldn't read any of it. It was so <laughs> jammed. You, like, barely can remember who's playing quarterback. So I made a, a deal with myself that in that dead week, that down week, if it wasn't in the national newspaper or popping up as in these days as an update on my phone, I'm not writing it down. I, and and if, if, if I become aware of it, then I'll, I'll run to my notebook and make a note, but I'm not searching it out. And then I start my normal prep this week, like I'm doing a normal game in November. So it started on Sunday, got through the clips that I get sent, all the articles. And then you, you, even now I find myself just drowning in information. It's almost like you have to keep it out because you just get overwhelmed. And, and I want to go into that game kind of clear headed you know, there, there are the bare bones facts, you know, the history that's on the line, 51st year for the Falcons, their second Super Bowl, 
you know, Matt Ryan came into the postseason one and four. Now he's three and four. He's never won the big game, probably the MVP. And the rest of it, you just you just do the game. And and so it, it's a hard trap to not fall into. But I've tried like heck to, to not fall into it. And I, and I think I've done a good job so far this week. Well, yeah, I mean, the game tells a story. I mean, you think about all the uh, things cut. I mean, I mean, all the things you've looked through this week. I mean, they'll probably show what ten percent of 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 the efforts that the teams made to make sure that everything's covered. But you never know. I mean, Julio Jones goes out in the in the first quarter with an ankle injury, and I mean, all the stuff you put together for Julio Jones is basically sacked. So, as you mentioned, I mean, over preparation is something you almost have to halt and get away from. I did want to ask how much golf. Do you get to play when you're on the road during baseball season and football season? Do you bring your clubs much? Do you have certain destinations and places that you actually tee it up at? I got to tell you, I, I, I didn't play a ton of golf as a kid, but when I started in the minor leagues in 1989, that's when I kind of started to play golf. And then when I got to the Cardinals in 1991, that's when golf really started for me because I – Mike Shannon, who was a, a co-broadcaster with me, a couple of the players, we would play all over. And I got better and better and better. And one of the reasons why I got better was the tour that Mike Shannon was setting up because of his connections was better than Tim Fincham could have set up. <laughs> it, we were playing, we'd be in San Francisco and he'd play Olympic Club in the crack of dawn. And sometimes we'd go back after a day game or... You know, you're in Chicago and you play Medina or you're in uh, Houston and you play River Oaks or whatever it might be. And I've never played more golf in my life than when I was doing the Cardinal games, because that that was that was the really it was. Oh, by the way, we're doing baseball at night, but we're really just playing golf every day. (laughs) And now that I'm doing Fox. I'm not in a city for multiple days, so I usually will go in for a baseball Saturday game on Friday. I go right to the hotel, do my work, get up, do the game and get out. And then football, you know, you're most of the time during the season, it's too cold to play in the different spots that you're going to play. I try to sneak out every once in a while, but I've never played less golf than I have this year. One of one of my favorite days of the year playing golf was when you and I and Fax and Loomis and McCarran, our group, Buddy Marucci went out and played in Detroit. I mean, that was, that was fun. And, and I would uh, tell you, I, I, I cherish those days because when you can go with your work group and go have fun on a golf course, even if it's not the golf group, it's just, you get to know somebody so much better. And I think that that stuff kind of filters in over the air where, you know, you can have a little more fun and trust each other once you've been out that way. Well, speaking of the golf group, do you have a more diverse text conversation uh, in your life than the one that is involved around the 10 or so golf people that are in our group that send the most random stuff day in and day out every single day? (laughs) And most of the texts would, at the very least, get us fired and at the very most get us arrested. (laughs) So... uh, I, I'm I'm thankful to kind of, you know, every once in a while I'll jump in. But when you put Curtis Strange, Paul Lazinger, Brad Faxon, you, me, Julie Engster, poor Julie, uh, on this text chain, it is 
you know, you, you better have a thick skin and it's, uh, I, I love that stuff though. I, I think it keeps us all close even when we're not, you know, the golf season's over for us as we prepare for another year. So I think there's value in all that dumb stuff. It's funny or, you know, it's cutting or whatever it is that some of that stuff may be. Uh, I, I think it's valuable and, and I, I'm, I'm glad we do it. For sure. Just a couple more and I'll let you get out of here. I know you've got a lot of stuff to do. We're in year three of the USGA Fox deal. Which championship has surprised you the most in terms of fun covering it? Man, I, I don't know about you, but I think the U.S. Amateur is uh, as enjoyable as anything we do. I mean, the U.S. Open is the U.S. Open, and you know th- this is this is our national championship. So I, I never, you know, I never take any of that for granted, and I work hard to to do my best um, in the limited time that we're doing golf to to present that the best possible way but man the u.s amateur when you see those kids competing and just the natural emotion and the 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 raw emotion god i i I just think that is you know some of the of golf at its best and i could make a weird case for the two man i could make a weird case for like the four ball we're doing and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of country club golf or muni golf where you grab a buddy and you go take on guys and you're basically playing best ball. I, I think, you know, for the average golf fan, even though you might not know who the players are, it's just, and it's really good golf. I mean, this isn't bad golf. This is tremendous golf. I, I think, I think all those events are, are fun to to dive into and see who comes out on top it's it's a blast yeah i mean as a broadcaster you have to pull the stories out of these amateur players i mean that's what's so fun nick carlson last year that michigan kid that that nobody really heard of you know making it, was it so great. oh was making it so far in the amateur i mean, I mean I was he was like eating it up for that kid yeah no, you're, you're rooting in the press it box it was good so, yeah I'm, i agree with you i'm with you you, you, that, that is the guy that I'm thinking of is, is Nick Carlson, the kid from Michigan and getting a chance for all of us to meet him the day before and have lunch with him. And, you know, just, just like a wide eyed kid with a big grin and uh, a fired up guy. Now, would I like to play against him if I was good enough to play against him? I don't know. He was, he was a little in your face, but for TV, it was uh, it was great. It was everything we wanted. Okay, you're back home in St. Louis. You're playing golf. Are you walking or are you in a cart? I walk. I always walk. Um, I, I, it's just better on my back. I've had two back surgeries. I'm dealing with another issue back there. Up and down, bumping around in a cart. I'm not a fan of that. And I, if you're going to play and spend four hours outside, you might as well get some exercise. I, I much, and I, and I feel like I concentrate better when I walk, get a better, I think you get a better feel for the golf course. Cause you at least know when you're walking past a sprinkler head and your balls 20 yards ahead, you know, at least you're you, at least an idea of what you're going to be hitting. Do you have a Bluetooth speaker or is it complete silence? I'm not against music. I just, I never charge my speaker. So, <laughs> I play a lot down in Cabo. I play, you know, different groups around St. Louis and uh, I'm always happy when there's music, but you know, I, I played with uh, Bob Ford uh, this past year down at Seminole and he brought that question up to me. And before I could answer, 
he said, I mean, I hate that music. It makes it, it just, it just bastardizes <laughs> golf. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Whatever you say, I Bob. Did, right. I just kind of bit my lip and went, okay. Uh, but give me, give me a good, uh, a good playlist. And, uh, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Well, one of my rules is if I have a speaker, and the person with me is not a regular in our group. I always say, I'll play the music. You have to pick the Pandora station. So the person that's not used to the music gets to at least to pick, you know, the Beatles or the Stones or Nick Cannon, whatever he wants to play. At least we get a feel for what he wants. And so he's not, you know, he's not so annoyed. But I probably would not do that with Bob Ford. Well, I, I, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. I have a standing rule that if I play with uh, with people and they don't like the music, I no longer play with them. <laughs> I think that's also good. They're exiled, deleted from the phone. You are out. No yeah. more. Yeah, you're done. What's your go-to money game? You mean in what sense? What am I playing? Yeah, when you, when you and your buddies are going out and, and playing, what's, your, what's the game you're playing most of the time? I mean, it's, it's mostly a, a NASA, uh, you know, I mean, if you want denominations, probably... $20 bet press whenever. Um, but usually automatic two downs, there are groups that are automatic one downs, but if we have more than four, which is my preference, a wolf game is hard to beat. Um, I, I'm not the nine point game and all that stuff. Just it's too much math. And, right. and you know, it, it, I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. I don't want to spend longer in my cart or with a scorecard, uh, trying to figure out who owes what than actually playing golf for sure what's the best round you've ever shot i i mean i've hovered in in the low single digit handicap but i've only shot under par one time and it was at el dorado from the tips on a really tough championship course and i played against hank haney of all people and i was playing that day i don't know it was a six or something and I mean, I just crushed Hank, and I felt so bad at the end. He's, we, were, we were like on to, I don't know, 17. He goes, hey, bud, do, do, do you know what you're shooting here? And oh, no, the that curse. Was like, that was the kiss of death. And he goes, you're one under. And I was like, oh, my God, because I didn't. I legitimately didn't know. I knew I was playing well. But when he told me that, I thought, well, there goes my one under, but I ended up par in the last two holes, and I I, I was so happy that I made him sign my golf ball. I, I waived the money that he owed me, uh, and then I I made him sign my ball, which is in my office as we speak. If you could play one more round of golf, it would be on what course? Cyprus, every day of the week. Not not even close. Um, I just think it's got everything. It's got forest, it's got dunes, it's got ocean. And, uh, you know, it's, it's low key, not a big event with, uh, with the driving range. It's like, here's a bag of balls, just go hit them over in that direction. And that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of my style. I mean, obviously Augusta, all that stuff, Pine Valley, but I, I think for the, like a nice, cool, misty, overcast day and then the clouds break at the end of the day and you're playing 16 and 17 with a little sunshine and the ocean slapping around that's pretty good joe i know you don't pick winners when you're hosting a, a super bowl or such but is there a team you're leaning towards after your research that you feel like has a better chance of pulling this out on sunday 
Well, I made the joke that I I tend to fall in love with the last hot girl I saw at the bar uh, back in my single days. And I just watched Atlanta take apart, albeit uh, a very undermanned and uh, injured Green Bay defense. But, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Atlanta's good enough to knock off the favored Patriots. But if, if you said to me, you have to push everything you own into the middle of the table. I think we're all smart enough to know not to bet against Belichick with extra time, Brady and, and their pedigree, but just for, for fun's sake, I'll, I'll say Atlanta. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time. You can get lucky bastard anywhere. Books are sold, get on Amazon. You can go to Walmart, you can buy them. And, and luckily it's done well enough to where you don't have to have to get that back tattoo. I saw you mentioned that, uh, you were getting beat by a by a lower back tattoo, so you don't have to do it now. I appreciate the time. <laughs> All right, thanks. Anytime, Shane. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Just a reminder to check out the entire selection of OGO products, including their amazing and unbeatable backpacks. Nothing makes traveling easier than a solid backpack. You can put your computer, tablet, book, headphones, maybe a podcast microphone in there. The Renegade Backpack by OGO can hold everything you travel with and more. It's the Cadillac of bags. It weighs just 3.5 pounds, features a reactive suspension system. So if you do happen to drop your backpack, everything inside stays safe. OGO has plenty of backpack options, perfect for the golfer on the go. Check out OGO.com, O-G-I-O.com right now. Many thanks to Joe Buck taking some time from a very, very busy week to chat with us, not just about the Super Bowl, but about golf season as we get nearer and nearer to Aaron Hills in the U.S. Open. We're excited about that. Of course, plenty of golf to be played from here until then, but that is the date we at Fox have circled on our calendar. Just a reminder, if you haven't signed up for that Clubhouse newsletter, jump on Twitter, follow me at Shane Bacon. You can follow the Clubhouse at the Clubhouse Pod. And it's pinned right there atop both those pages. It's a link to sign up. Hit your inboxes on Monday and Wednesday. It's an easy way to get your golf news and get your golf fix without having to scour the internet and find all those articles and gifs. I hope you have a great weekend as we get set for the Waste Management Open and the Super Bowl. Patriots and Falcons, excited about that. Hope you have a good next few days. Make some birdies. Get in a round, but you got to go real early this weekend because you want to get that round in before about 10 or 11 o'clock so you can get set for all the sports that are coming your way. 